welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? I'm good. How about how about you? Pretty good. It's nice. We're uh, we're this, together. Yeah, it's the first episode in a long time. We've done it where uh, it hasn't been over the phone, so it's uh, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, nice it to is, have you around for yeah. For a change. And we have a yeah really good episode for you for you guys. Um, I just think it pretty much hits all the nails. Uh, you know. Good insight, little comedy, you know. Yeah, I mean, has everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, uh, you know, we don't get a ton of guests on the podcast, um, but we were able to get one for you guys this week. We have uh, Anthony uh, coming on. He's a Panthers fan. Uh, does some uh, Panthers writing and stuff like that. So some really good insight there. Um, so he'll be coming on in a bit, and we'll we'll try and tag him in our on the tweet when we release the episode. Um, just so you guys can check him out, see what he's up to. Yeah, if you guys aren't following him, he's got some great uh, Panthers content. Um, so definitely check him out. Um, so we have him on this week, and then hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll be having uh, Jacob Barker back on, who you might remember from one of our March episodes. Um, March 1st episode, March for anybody ep- really curious. It yeah, was Mar- one of our better episodes. Yeah, for sure, if you guys want to re-listen to an episode that's definitely the one i'd recommend so he'll be coming back on he's our capologist uh and local ottawa senators fan for some reason so he'll be coming on in a uh you know week or so here maybe uh but this week we got anthony where uh we break down uh you know the Panthers season how things went and then kind of where to go from here um talking about the draft panthers holding the 12th pick um who they might take with that uh, who might fill the GM vacancy. Uh, so just a lot of great content this week. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming up in just a sec. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, cool. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always always good to have guests on. We don't get too many of them, so it's always great. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your work covering the Panthers and stuff like that for our listeners? So I uh, <clears throat> I currently write for two outlets. I write for uh, Bucks Report, which is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers outlet. And I cover the Florida Panthers and Pittsburgh Pirates for Overtime Heroics. Um, I've been a Panthers fan since 2003. So, you know, them going to the playoffs is a pretty big deal for me because back in the mid-2000s, they weren't that great. (laughs) You know, they had had great players like Ole Jokinen and Stephen Weiss, but they just couldn't get get past that – playoff line but now that they're in man I'm, I'm pretty happy and even though they they lost to the Islanders um you know I'm still happy with the season you know they finished fourth in the Atlantic they had a, a winning record you know so I'm happy as a Panthers fan man yeah what do you think of the, the play-in series versus the Islanders I thought their worst their their worst part of their play was their defense I mean Matthiason was terrible in that series and the only game they won in that series is the game they benched him yeah horrible I mean the guy has a career uh is 
minus 30 in his career. I mean, that's unacceptable. Um, yeah, you know. he had that one good year, and then they just kind of signed him and kind of yeah. stuck with him now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why they're parting ways with uh, with with uh, Talon now, you know. And that and that contract for Bobrovsky is preposterous. Seven years, uh, seventy million with uh, with a ten guarantee, ten million guaranteed. He's thirty one. He's going to be thirty two next month. That's ridiculous. What did you think of his play in the in the series? Because it, it was drastically different from what we saw in the regular season from him. Yeah, I thought the first two games. He kind of kept him in it a little bit, you know, I and mean, he made some pretty solid saves. And then the, the game three where they won, he was spectacular. But, you know, he could he definitely could have been better. And, you know, his uh, his season, he went, um, what did he go, 30, 23 and 19 in the regular season. So he had his worst st- uh, statistic, uh, statistical year this year. But I thought in the playoffs he was – he was on and off, but you know he could he could have been a lot better. I think the Panthers, when they signed him, they expected you know 2013 Bobrovsky, where he's winning Vesnas and all that, and that's that's not him anymore. You know, you you don't think it was just an off season? You you really think that this is what we're stuck with? Yeah, I I, I unfortunately I think so. And they have that uh that uh, Chris Drieger who was pretty good. You know, he shut out the the. For the Predators, uh, his first game, he went seven and two, so I think he could be the future of the Florida Panthers goaltending. Yeah, he was solid this year. I think that was a big surprise for a lot of people. Yeah, and he came in and he took the um, the the backup position from Sam uh, Montembeau. What, what yeah. do you, what do you think of him, Montembeau? Yep. Do, do you think he has a career as a backup, or is he just pretty much AHL bound for the rest of his career? Uh it's tough to say, you know. He uh he went five and five this year. He had a three point three four goals against. I mean, he could get better. He's still young, but if he if the Panthers get rid of him, I can see him being a, a, a backup somewhere else. You know, he's a pending RFA this season, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what type of contract they they offer him if they offer. Yeah contract it yeah. can be two ways or, or just a one-way contract we'll, we'll have to wait and see yeah absolutely yeah and I think a big thing with the goaltending too just has to be the defensive play in front of them oh god like, yeah. like they was just ridiculous and that hurt them all year long and especially in the play-in round yeah like, yeah definitely I you mean you can't expect to win playing that kind of hockey yeah exactly I mean look how they played in that one exhibition game they looked terrible yeah Against yeah. the Lightning, they looked like they were playing in the in quicksand, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like they just completely outclassed in that game. Uh, it was it oh. was terrible. But I mean, both the Lightning and the and the Islanders are a good team, so it's tough to start off the playoffs with playing incredible hockey teams. Yeah, and it's and it's tough coming out of such a long break too. Yeah, like you mm-hmm. kind of don't really know what to expect from really anyone. Yeah, and, and and the funny thing is I wrote a preview about the Islanders-Panthers series, and I actually gave the Panthers the edge because they were coming off a two-game winning streak compared to the Islanders' seven-game losing streak. And I thought they were going to kind of carry on some momentum there, but I guess the the missed time kind of messed with them, you know? And the Islanders were just the better team, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure in that series, the Islanders were the better team, definitely deserved to win it. Yeah. Um, 
which is unfortunate. But I think still, you know, a lot of positives for Florida going into to next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We had the uh, the phase two of the draft lottery uh, this week. What are your thoughts on that? The Rangers getting the first pick, Panthers uh, drafting at 12. Well, see, my second team is the Rangers, so I'm pretty happy about that. But the Panthers have that 12th pick. And I think in the first round, they either get a defenseman or another goalie. You know, they got they got in their system, they only have 17 defensemen and 33 forwards. That's not enough. And and it's clear that they need help defensively with how they play against the Islanders. How, how do you think drafting a goalie would um, kind of uh, relate in terms of the fact that they just signed Bobrovsky for a gajillion dollars and <laughs> they, they just drafted Spencer Knight too last year. Yeah. Um, how would, because uh, looking at a goalie in the first round, we'd be looking at Yaroslav Askarov, who yeah. is is very, very highly touted, but how would that fit into the, the dynamic of already having Bobrovsky and Knight? It would, I think in the terms of Knight, it would be a healthy kind of competition if they were to draft another goalie this year, you know, who can play better, you know, who can, who can play better and who gets on the team first kind of thing. So I think they, they, they push themselves, but in terms of Bobrovsky, if Bobrovsky doesn't show up in the next six years that he's with the team, they're going to look to push him out. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be 32 next month and they have him for seven years. That means he's going to be 38 when he retires. That's way too old. That's like that's like getting to Henrik Lundqvist territory right there. But but I mean, I, it's just for me, it's all about the healthy competition. And if they're able to have two solid goaltenders coming up, then that's great. I mean, look at look how the Rangers are doing it with uh, Shosturkin and, and uh, Georgiev. I mean, that's a Stanley Cup winning duo right there. And if the Panthers are able to do that, then they'll be solid for years. Yeah. So if they if they end up going the defenseman route, what mm-hmm. defenseman do you like at that twelve spot? Uh, I like that uh, Jamie Drysidle from Erie. You think he's going to be there at twelve? Maybe. I hope so. I mean, maybe, but you know, I'm looking right now at the top ten, and he's number five. So it it could it could it could go to a he could go earlier than that, but then you got Jake Sanderson. And you know they just need a defenseman, but I think I think they either go with Drysital or or Sanderson. But I'd like to see Drysdale. Yeah, I mean it's tough. Like it's not a super deep draft for defensemen. No, it's I think, not. Like if teams need them, they're probably going to take them high. Yeah, absolutely. I had a tweet out the other day asking who people thought they'd take. A lot of people thought Braden Schneider from the Western Hockey League. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Braden Schneider, huh? That's a name I haven't heard. <laughs> yeah, Noah and I watched him play last year at the World Junior Summer Showcase, and we both didn't really like what we saw from him, but apparently a lot of people are pretty high on him. He's 18. He's 18. He's a uh... – let me see his stats. Let me find his stats. He's more of a, a shutdown type defenseman. Okay, so like a Dan Girardi kind of guy, I mean. Yeah, Dan Girardi, but I think with more size. He had uh, 42 points coming into this year, so that's pretty – he had 30, 35 assists with uh, 42 points. That's pretty good, you know. Any any kind of defenseman that can pr- uh, produce offensively, I'll take, you know. Any kind of two-way player like that. 
Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you know there's a lot of different ways they go with the pick. I don't see them taking a forward though. No, they have too many. Yeah, they have so many good uh, forward prospects coming up with Denisenko and, and yeah. Tippett. I'm, the only situation I could see them actually draft a forward, I think, is if somebody ridiculously good drops for some reason. Like we saw Cole Caulfield last year. Um, he was projected top 10. Montreal was able to snag him at 15, I think. So yeah. if we if we see a similar situation like that where uh, a top five forward somehow drops 12, I can see them going with a forward. But other than that, I think a defenseman has to be the priority. Yeah, and I'm looking right now that they have – the Panthers have a number one defenseman in their prospect, uh, John Ludwig uh, from the Portland Winterhawks. Last year, he had 62 points and 45 assists. Again, any kind of offensive uh, defenseman, I will take. Yeah. Way, I'll take. Yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, Ludwig at the start of the year because he, the Panthers took him, I think, in the third round in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't really have – uh, too many points that season, but he really took off this year. And so that kind of bodes well for his future as an NHL player for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I could see him I can see him coming up next year. I mean, why not? Get the young guys in, you know? Yeah, I mean, with so many defensive issues, I mean, anyone that can make a difference I think would be welcome. Absolutely. Another, I mean, they have Anton Strollman, who's too old. I mean – He's just way too old to still be playing. I, I mean, I remember him on the on the Rangers like eight years ago, but he, he's uh the, the the problem with the Panthers is that they have an old goalie and they don't have a reliable defensive core, and no. that's gonna bite them in the future if they continue that trend. So I think getting talent out is gonna help. They need a younger mind as a GM. He's been there too long. And I think that the future for the Florida Panthers could be bright if they play their cards right, if they draft well, and if they get some of these older contracts out. So um, we talk about Dave Talon exiting – Dale Talon, sorry. uh, Exiting and uh, just – he's been with the Panthers for 10 years now. Um, Who who do you see, in your opinion, that could come in and make a difference and take that jam spot and – take the Panthers into a competitive playoff team? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, hmm. So we we have um, – there's a lot of support on Twitter for um, Bill Zito, who's the AGM of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, could you see him fitting in in, um, in Florida, and would there be a fit there? Possibly. I mean, anyone better than Talon. I know Talon had, you know, drafted Huberto and, and Ekblad and Barkov, but the way he's been going lately, I don't, I mean, I, I'm looking right now and, you know, there's so many names out there like Ken Holland, who was the uh, Detroit Red Wings uh, GM. And there's Ron Hextall. You know, there's so many guys out there that, that could take the job. You know, it's kind of tough to say who would, who could get it, you know? And what do you think, um, we we learned, uh, I think it was yesterday or a couple days ago, that uh, the Canadians had allowed the Panthers to talk with Scott Mellenby, who's currently AGM there in Montreal. Um, what do you think his presence could add uh, to the Panthers? Because he he was a long-time, long-time Panther as a player. Um, yeah. Could, could he come, and, come in and do anything? I mean, does, does his track record um, kind of fit into what the Panthers want to do? 
Well, I mean, he's definitely familiar with the organization. You know, I mean, he knows what that team needs. He, he I mean, I hope he would know what they need, but definitely, absolutely. Um, he knows that team. He's been there before, and, you know, it's it's going to be like returning home for him. So I could definitely see Scott Mellonby coming back to Florida. Definitely, absolutely. It would kind of be funny because he's a Montreal guy. Yeah. Montreal, and now he's AGM in Montreal, and that's kind of a coming home for him. Yeah. Sense, but we could see another coming home uh, in the sense that coming back with the Panthers. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember when Melody was a player. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. But, yeah, man, I mean, they have – the problem is the Panthers have a great coach, and they're not really utilizing him that well. So, hopefully, a guy like Melody could come in and kind of give him the tools he needs, you know? How, how do you think they could utilize Quenville better? I mean, he, he's already done uh, – put in, put his system in place. I mean, he took Mark Pissick from D, put him on forward. He had a, some strong glimpses throughout the season, especially that game against Toronto. Um, what do you think that Quenville could do better or um, could be allowed to do better to make the Panthers even more competitive? I mean, it all goes back to the D. Go Get get the defense better, you know, and, and uh, you know, the offense is already there. And, you know, Quinville has a track record, record of winning. You know, he's won three cups with the Blackhawks, so he needs that. He needs to have that the the winning there, and I think I think he just needs to work on the def- defense better, and and he just doesn't have the tools to do it, you know. And I hope hopefully whatever GM they pick, and whoever they pick in the draft will give him those tools. And if they bring up uh, Lud- Ludwig, that that would be great. But it all goes back to the defensive problems the Panthers have. So say say you were given the GM spot next season. Yeah. What what are your priorities? Moving forward, um, are you going to ship out some forwards to get some uh, more better D? Uh, what's your plan there uh, if you were the, the GM of the Florida Panthers? I would give – I would probably try to find a way to get rid of Mathiasen. I would try to find a way to get rid of Strawman, And I would give <clears> – I would easily try to get those guys – I would easily – trade them or get rid of them for another defenseman or even a forward. And I would give Bobrovsky two more years to prove that he can still play before I got rid of him. Do you you think that a a way out for Bobrovsky could potentially be the expansion draft in a year? Is there anything that the Panthers could do around that if they really wanted to get rid of Bobrovsky? Do you think they could get Seattle to take him? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't see why not, you know. Well, he he's earning ten point ten million per year, and they got to hit the cap floor somehow. He he's not doing uh, great, so that that might be some things going against him. But um, there's definitely something there if if they're looking to get rid of a player. But yeah, um, absolutely. Um, you know, I I I again, I would give Bobrovsky another year or two to prove that he's worth it, and if not, then he's gone in the expansion draft. That's it. That, that's what Seattle will take him. Is, yeah. is he is he buyout material at that point if they don't take him? And he does. I mean, not poorly, but he's just an average goalie. Do you think he's buyout material in the two years? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, that's a lot of money they're dishing out. And if they have, and if there's other free agents on the market that are better than him, or other goalies on the market that are better than him, and or they need to re-sign some players, absolutely, he's he's buyout material. 
Um, do you think uh, Do you think the Panthers are going to br- uh, bring back Hoffman or Dadnov, uh, both UFAs? I see them bringing back Hoffman more than Dadnov. Hoffman had a had a pretty pretty solid year. Um, Hoffman had a what do you he had fifty nine points and twenty nine goals. I mean that's incredible. I mean his plus minus wasn't that great minus five, but he's a solid player and he's only thirty years old. You know I see him coming back more than more than Dadnov. Yeah, and he's a big part of that power play, too, that was so good for the Panthers this year. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you could even replace Dadanov internally with a guy like Owen Tippett, even. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And so we talk about young guys uh, like Ludwig who are actually excelling. Um, mm. On the other hand, there are, we there's there's – Owen Tippett, who did very well with the Thunderbirds this season, but how do you look at a guy like um, Pepo Niemi, and wh- what do you kind of think uh, his future is, uh, considering he didn't have that great of a season in um, Springfield? Sorry, I'm just looking up his stats. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> yeah, he didn't have many goals. I think he only had like five or something like that. But. Uh... He's definitely trending in the wrong direction for the team, I think. I'm trying not to say his name. <laughs> there we go. Hepo Niemi. Where is it? Yeah, I can't find him on Google. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's Finnish name. Yeah. What was his stats? So I think he had uh, – it wasn't great. I think as of March he was at uh, – Three goals, 13 points or 14 points and I don't know how many games. Um, he's a center. He's mm-hmm. center, but he's small. He's very small. He's 5'9", and I think he clocks in just below 145 pounds. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. This, this, yeah, he's the um, – I, he's uh, a Alexi Heponiemi? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's wow. He's a tiny guy. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, he's going to have to put on some muscle, man, if he wants to play in the NHL. <laughs> Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while because, like, that was the big knock on him in his draft year. And, like, it doesn't really look like he's put on much muscle since then. No, definitely not. Career. I mean, 118 points one season. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, 118 points in 2017-2018. Uh, he's definitely had a fall off. I'm looking at his stats right now. I figured out how to spell the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's definitely had a decline in, in stats since then. I mean, he went from 118 points – to a year later with 46, then this year with 14. So that's that's a little discouraging. Those were different leagues, though. So oh. Like, he had 118 points when he was playing junior with guys pretty much his age. Oh, okay. I think well, that was... 46 over in Finland, which is good for that league. Yeah. Oh, and then, but then 14 this year. Pretty disappointing. Yeah, this was his first year in the AHL with Springfield and just really underwhelming performance. Um, yeah. How many more years would you give uh, him as a prospect before you just kind of turn the page and just kind of give up on him? Yeah, like he's 20, 21 right now. Well, it's not even just about the stats. It's about his size. I mean, if he wants to play in the NHL, he's going to have to get bigger. Well, I mean, we look at, at small guys in the NHL right now. I They, they kind of excel. I mean, we see uh, Brinkett, uh, Johnny Goudreau in uh, – in Calgary, I mean, Elias Pettersson's not a big guy by any means. He gets ragged all, all around. Um, so there is kind of like a proven track record of 
successful guys his size, is there maybe just a lack of willpower and talent also adding to that? I mean, there could be. I mean, his first year in the AHL, definitely discouraging. But, you know, I mean, I'd give him a shot. I'd give him a shot one more year, see what happens. NHL or the AHL? AHL. I don't think he's ready for NHL yet. I mean, if he even if he gets ten more pounds on him, that's fine. He can he can use his speed. But in the AHL, I'd give him one more year before I fully gave up on him because fourteen points in the AHL is not that. Yeah, like for me, the thing is like the way he's built. Like I see him as a guy who like has to be a top six guy to be in the NHL. Yeah, like at that size to play in the bottom six, I just don't see it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's not a lot of room in that top six for the Panthers right now. No, there's not. I mean, especially – no, yeah, you're right. There's not. Um, but four, he played 49 games and only had 14 points and three goals. That's 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 kind of unacceptable. I mean, if, if you're talking about a talent like that and a draft pick like that, you, you, you kind of expect more from them, you know? Yeah, and so I think he could potentially be another guy we see maybe moved out to add some uh, help on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, again, give him one more year, see what happens. Give him one more year and let him get a little bit thicker, you know? Yeah, let, let him put a couple pounds on. Yeah. And see what he can do. Um, and we we talked about coaching a little earlier and Quenville not really getting um as as much power as he should. Um, he, he did uh, make the move of putting Mark Pissick on offense, even though – guy is traditionally a defenseman uh what do you think of that move and moving forward do we do we see him come back on defense or do we do we see him stay on forward um probably you're gonna see him more forward especially if if uh, Quinville's happy with him there you know um let me look at his stats this year he had <clears throat> 18 points and yeah, he was nine, nine goals, nine assists. I mean, that's, that's defensive numbers right there. I mean, looking at this, looking at this, I would keep him at defense, but it was all up to Quinville. I mean, these are not offensive numbers he's raking up. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's tough. And if he can defend well, then I think he might be better utilized on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's still young, 28. He's got a he's six foot one, one ninety six. I mean, he's a pretty solid defenseman, and his numbers show it. I mean, nine uh, plus plus four, you know, nine goals, nine assists, eighteen points. That's defensive numbers right there. I mean, you don't put you don't put eighteen points on the offense. No, no, just simply not enough. No. Um, last question here, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you let you go, moving forward, how optimistic are you feeling about this team? Uh, over the next couple of years, let's say. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with where they are. You know, I mean, they have a great coach, they have a great offense, and hopefully, Bobrovsky had that one year lapse. You know, new, new, new change of scenery can kind of mess with some players. So hopefully, he bounces back the way he should. But you know, twelfth pick isn't that great, but there's still going to be options there, and you know they just need to really work on that defense and then they're going to be set because they have a great offense already. If you have a great defense and a great offense, you're tough to beat. You're tough to beat. <clears throat> you're, t- you're, you're a hard team to beat. What, what we saw um, 
at the deadline, at the trade deadline, is um, they move out Trocheck, bring in Halla and um, Walmart. Yeah, Lucas. Walmart. Um, pretty much creating cap space. I, I want to ask you, moving forward next season, what's your what's your hottest take? What's your what's your like block, boldest prediction? Boldest prediction, boldest like trade or anything that the Panthers could do to get stronger. Uh boldest prediction. But, I mean, like just we, outside the box. Yeah. Um, like trade Huberto. I I, I don't know. I don't think that's gonna happen. But to get better, I could see them trading a guy like. Uh, a guy like, uh, not Barkoff, definitely not. A guy, honestly, I like Hoffman, but I could see them trading him for someone. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, if, if, if the opportunity comes and they, they can trade, um, you know, I mean, Huberto or, uh, Mm. you never know, like, um, maybe Hoffman, uh, for, Top two D. Yeah. Would or you Yandel. Yandel make that trade. trade? They could trade Yandel. I mean, has Yandel really been that productive? <laughs> I mean, he he hasn't missed a game in I don't know how how long. He's five hundred games, but he's old. He's old. Yeah. He's thirty three. <clears throat> Not the most offensively reliable. No, but he has a lot of points though. He has a lot of assists. <clears throat> yet this year. It, yeah, he's an offensive mm-hmm. defenseman, and I mean, we'll take that any day, right? Oh, absolutely. But, you know, in your own zone, you got to have guys that can defend. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. <clears throat> so maybe we'll see something there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that kind of does it for us. Thank you so much for coming on, Anthony. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was great. And uh, maybe we'll have you back at some point in the future. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take care. You too. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much to Anthony for coming on. I really appreciate having him. Hopefully we'll get him on in some future episodes. Uh, Thank you to all of you guys tuning in. Um, Once again, we appreciate all the support, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, hopefully with Jacob Barker. But if not, it'll just be me and Noah. And we'll as usual, as usual, and we'll just try and think of something to talk about. We'll come up with something for sure. Yeah, well, there'll, there'll still be hockey on. I mean, it's not because the Panthers are eliminated that hockey stops, unfortunately. Hockey goes um, on. Maybe the Panthers have you know done something in their may, offseason. Maybe there's some some news in the GM uh, position. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe something there. We can talk more draft stuff. We'll see. Um, But yeah, until next time, thank you to all you tuning in and we'll see you guys then.